1: The following presentation of the Midland City Planning Commission will begin in a moment. The Midland City Planning Commission is responsible for overseeing the city's master plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the City Council on a wide range of local land use issues. The Planning Commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the City Council. Planning Commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in Council Chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum through Channel 99 on AT&T UVerse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs podcast channel.
2: Good evening and welcome to the regular meeting of the Midland City Planning Commission beginning, happening on Tuesday, January 10th. This meeting is called to order. Please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. please call roll.
3: Fields? Deckerill? Here. Mayville? Here. Bain? Here. Panasic? Here. McCoy? Here. Broderick? Here. Collinger? Here. Craig? Mr. Chair, you quorum. All right.
2: Next item on the agenda is approval of the minutes, both from our special meeting and our regular meeting occurring on December 13th. We'll begin with the special meeting.
4: I move we approve the minutes of the special meeting of December 13th.
2: I have a motion to have a second. I second. I have a motion from Commissioner Bain and a second from Commissioner McCoy to approve the minutes from the special meeting on December 13th. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. Those minutes are approved. Uh, next, minutes from the regular meeting happening on the same date, December 13th. Any additions, revisions, edits? I wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, there's more people on this side. I so have look over here. Right. Hearing none, I'm looking for a motion and a second.
5: I motion we approve the second minute. Regular meeting. Um, the, the regular meeting.
2: I have a motion to have a second. Second.
5: All right.
2: We have a motion Commissioner Broderick and a second from Commissioner DeCro to approve the minutes from the regular meeting on December 13th. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. Those minutes are approved as well. Next item on our agenda is public hearings. We have two this evening. Uh, The public hearing process will happen as follows. We'll begin with a staff presentation and overview of the petition. Then we will invite the petitioner up to present. Then we will welcome all public comments as well as questions. Then the petitioner will be given the opportunity to come up for rebuttal and final comments. We will then close the public hearing and go into deliberation by the Planning Commission. The first public hearing we have this evening is tentative preliminary plat, initiated by MLR Engineering. Turn it over to you.
3: All right, Mr. Chair, good evening. Our first public hearing is for tentative preliminary plat for Westside subdivision. Uh, This is a proposed subdivision located at 6,000 Stark Road. The applicant is NLR Engineering on behalf of Tom McLand Company. The property uh, is zoned in three zoning districts, RA1 single-family residential, RA4 single-family and two-family residential, and RC regional commercial. The proposal is a 65-lot plat. Preliminary plat review involves two steps, and so I know these terminologies have had a lot of questions about these in our last two cases. So, tentative preliminary plat review and final preliminary plat review are terms that come out of the city's subdivision ordinance. This is a staff's attempt to illustrate anything about the stage of the process, other than these are the actual terminologies used in the process. And so, tentative preliminary plat review basically includes the general details of the proposed subdivision, but it doesn't include detailed engineering. And it also doesn't include outside review by other entities such as the drain commissioner, um, the road commission, MDOT, anyone who might be um, appropriate for a plat. Final preliminary plat review does include that outside review as well as full detailed engineered drawings. And so we are tonight talking about a tentative preliminary plat. Subject property is located, generally speaking, in the northeast corner of Stark Road and North Saginaw Road, in the northwest section of midland uh, you'll see that properties to the immediate south and west are primarily vacant whereas we have more development to the north and east as we move towards Wackerly street and us 10. can zoom in just a little bit closer you'll see the subject property is largely undeveloped at this time Um, it does connect to both stark road um, to the uh, west north saginaw road to the south and stone cross way to the north and east so Um, Some pretty good connectivity. There's also a connection via a Midland uh, County Roadway, which is Herbert Road um, Out to Stark Road uh, along the western side of the property Zoning in the area. This is an area that's on the edge of the city limits And so we do have Homer township zoning primarily on the opposite side of North Saginaw Road from the proposed plat otherwise, we do have a mixture of existing zoning in the area um, RA1 residential primarily to the north and east. Uh, we have some regional commercial office service um, and uh, other, I'm sorry, additional RA1 residential to the immediate west. On the screen, you'll see the applicant's tentative preliminary plat drawing, which was included in your packet. You'll see the applicant is proposing um, essentially, uh, these 65 lots will take access from North Saginaw Road Um, with an additional access to Herbert Road, which is that uh, Midland County roadway I referenced earlier. There will also be a connection to Stone Cross Drive, which is a city of Midland Roadway, uh, which is part of the Foxfire development, uh, which is another single family residential development, north and east of this plat. Um, The plat itself is primarily single family residential. There are two family residential lots and commercial lots shown, which are primarily principally on the southern edge of the plat closer to North Saginaw Road. Um, this arrangement of single-family, two-family, and regional commercial uses is consistent with the zoning plan that was adopted by the city um, at the end of last year. That zoning plan was adopted subsequent to the property's annexation into the city of Midland from Homer Township, also last year. In terms of action on a tentative preliminary plat, the items that we look at in the review of a tentative preliminary plat are listed on the screen to talk just in terms of some of the issues that were identified uh, in this review as with any development project the stormwater detention system will need to be designed and constructed in accordance with city specifications uh, for subdivisions we do get a contract for detention action access and maintenance uh, with the developer backyard drainage is required for the lots um, into the city stormwater system all water and sanitary sewer utilities would be designed to say standards We'll need location access and flow on any proposed fire hydrants and water service and then finally soil erosion and sedimentation control permits are required as well as notice of coverage uh, permits from Eagle um, this because there are wetlands present on the site. These items are appropriately addressed during final preliminary plan review and approval. So these are items that we wouldn't look for any contingency on um, at this time. However, going a little bit further, there were some additional items missing from the original submittal of the tentative preliminary plat. This included information on existing drainage and topography, a table providing the area street frontage and lot width at the front setback line for all the proposed lots, confirmation that there's appropriate buildable area for all the proposed lots, uh, primarily due to the presence of wetlands in the plat area, information on the proposed traffic circles and cul-de-sacs to confirm compliance with city specifications, a revision of the roadways proposed to show a back of curb to back of curb width of 29 feet which is consistent with city specifications currently those roadways are shown at 30 feet in width and results of a sanitary sewer analysis which will demonstrate adequate capacity is present or in its place a plan to address any identified capacity deficiencies to the satisfaction of the city these are items that do have to be addressed at this time during tentative preliminary plat review And as such, staff included those in the recommended uh, contingencies of a conditional approval for the plat. So staff's recommendation um, coming into the meeting and preparation of your packet was conditional approval subject to the contingencies that were noted in the staff report. Um, I will note that with conditional approval, that's one of your options of approval under the tentative preliminary plat process. The Planning Commission has the option of waiving a second review and allowing a staff review to take place to confirm that those contingencies are met. If you don't waive that right, then the tentative preliminary plat comes back to you for final approval. Further action would be dependent upon satisfaction of these contingencies and so effectively there are timeframes in the subdivision ordinance for the city's review of a tentative preliminary plat. The applicant has waived those to uh, facilitate a conditional approval and with that waiver essentially those timeframes go away. They can come back when they're ready with that revised plat no public comments have been received to this point subsequent to your packet being issued uh, two things happened so one we received updated tentative preliminary plat drawings uh, which address many of the contingency items that i covered earlier in my presentation and secondly the applicant indicated they were not able to be present this evening and so in light of that they requested that rather than the planning commission take action tonight to conditionally approve the plat, that you postpone action to our next regular meeting in order to consider the same. So with that, I would recommend that you hold the public hearing tonight as advertised. Go ahead and take the public comment. You can have any discussion you'd like to have, and then staff's recommendation this evening is uh, in light of the applicant's request to postpone date certain to January 24th, 2023 at 7 p.m. I'd welcome any questions from the Planning Commission. Questions,
4: Commissioner uh, James. Just a process question on the second review, not the preliminary review. Are we involved in that, or is that strictly a staff uh, activity?
3: Uh, you would be involved in final preliminary okay. plan review thank as you. well. thank you.
6: Go ahead, Greg. Uh, on the north side, is that a pond or a clearing? i did i did not walk that
3: <laughs> yeah let me actually for everyone's benefit i'll jump they're back showing see there's it.
6: lots there
3: sierra I mean, so is, is this area and yeah so um at the time of construction of us 10 there was a borrow pit so essentially an area where soil was borrowed um as part of that construction project um taken from the site and that's just the residual area um my understanding and uh uh-huh. I, the applicant can probably speak to this uh with more detail at the next meeting That area is occasionally wet, but it's not persistently wet. It's not identified as a wetland um, in their current wetland delineation. And as such, they don't intend to maintain it as it's not a natural feature of the site.
6: Okay, thank you.
2: Other questions? Okay, thank you. Thank you. So we'll move on in our public hearing process for this tentative preliminary plat. The petitioner is not here to present, correct? That's correct. All right. So we'll go ahead and open it up for public comments. Um, We'll just need you to come up, uh, stand on the blue mat, name and address for the record. So public comments. Come forward. My name is Mike Danette six seven one five Herbert road. And I just have a question about Herbert road since this neighborhood is connecting to Herbert road and the road is really not in a very good condition for what I would expect an increase in traffic down that road. So I just wondered if there's any planning to improve that road. It's only 16 feet of asphalt right now and it's not in the best condition. Thank you for your question. We'll gather questions and try our best to answer them at the end. Although with the applicant not being here, we may be limited in what we can provide. Other public comments.
1: John Elson, six one zero six Turner Creek Parkway, Midland, Michigan. Uh, I've seen this this before. I think we saw it in the city council meeting. Um, I don't know what it was in reference to, but this area back in here I mean you saw those little dotted lines I think those little dots mean wetland so there was quite a bit of this was carved out as wetland and I can see that they built around kind of that wetland but this is also a major feed for Inman drain so when you look at this whole development thing, especially north and west of town we're looking at putting more and more water in the Inman Drain, which feeds into Sturgeon Creek, which promotes flooding that we experienced back in 2017 and 2020, and probably uh, 96 and 86. So, although I gotta, I'll talk about this later when we have the open part, but I, I want you to realize that when we're developing things, these plans have got to go above and beyond the city's what we have now for the city we need to have more retainment or detainment or whichever kind of holding back water so when we do have these events we can hold water for a longer period of time now this isn't the landowners not going to like this a whole lot because that means he's going to have to waste a certain amount of his area that would be available to hold water back and like I said there's probably not if this is a lot of wetlands there that water table is probably pretty high in that area too so I don't know how you would do it, you know. I mean, that's a that's a pond now. I mean, what maybe it was dug out, but it's a pond today, and that pond is because that water table's that that high. So, when we approve projects like this, and I'll talk about this later. Last night we had our city council meeting, or the, uh, it went till 12:30 last night, and we only covered three topics. Okay, and this is about developing different parts of of Midland. It wasn't anything to do with this particular subject matter, but what we have to consider is what we have to do in the future to prevent I mean the people that are going to live there are probably not going to see any flooding, but everybody downstream is going to experience a potential for more of it. So we need to have these developers who who are trying to make money, and I understand that, at least they have to be thinking about the rest of the population, especially the people downstream. So I know this is just a preliminary part, but I want you just to keep it in mind when we talk about these things that things we develop today will have impacts on certain other places later down the road. And we have to take a holistic approach, not just a plot by plot thing, point by point. That's it. Thank you.
2: All right. Thank you, John.
1: Other public comments
4: or questions?
2: <laughs> public comments? Last call for public comments. Hearing none, we'll move on in our process. Um, petitioner is not here for a rebuttal or final comments, so I'll go ahead and close the public hearing and we'll go into possible decision by the Planning Commission. I think the uh, motion at this point is a motion to postpone this until our January 3rd meeting, correct?
3: Uh, 24th, yes. January 24th. 24th,
2: sorry. Um, any other questions or comments, commissioners?
6: Do we have to make a motion and vote on that? Yes. Okay. Well, I make a motion that we uh, postpone uh, tentative preliminary plat uh, that we just spoke about. There's no number on it, I guess, uh, until the next meeting. No second. All right, I have a motion from uh, Commissioner Mayville and a second
2: from Commissioner uh, Broderick to postpone decision on tentative preliminary plot until our next meeting on January 24th. Will you please call roll?
3: Deckerill? Yes. Mayville? Yes. Bain? Yes. Banasek? Yes. yes. McCoy? Yes. Broderick? Yes. Kohlinger? Yes. That passes 7-0. to zero. All right.
4: Uh, excuse me uh, Jacob did you have any comment on Herbert Road or
3: oh yeah that's thank you uh, mr. Bain Um, as when we get to the final preliminary plat part of the process Midland Road Commission will be Midland County Road Commission will be involved in that conversation we've already had some discussion about how this road will connect to that road as a city road in that transition and whether or not mm-hmm. there's a need to address updates to that road. So that'll happen during final preliminary plot approval. Um, so just wanted to note that as that comes around, that'll be part of that conversation. I don't know what that outcome will be, but that will be part of that review process.
2: Thank you, James. Yeah. Uh, next public hearing on our agenda is planned unit development number 19.
3: Right. thank you, Mr. Chair. Our uh, next public hearing is uh, PUD number 19. This is a project at 5217 and 5221 Bay City Road. The applicant is MNM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew this was gonna throw me tonight. MNM Health. Uh, as I said, the property is located on Bay City Road. This is uh, in the Bay County portion of the city of Midland. Uh, the property is located in the RC Regional Commercial District. The applicant's proposal is a detailed plan, and it request us for approval of that plan to allow assisted living and memory care housing on the site. Um, this property is tucked up along the uh, western edge of US 10 uh, at Bay City Road. Um, there, as I said, just across the Midland Bay County lines. Um, zooming in a little bit closer, you can see that the subject property is part of a larger development. I'll get into those details a little bit further. Um, but principally, we're talking about two structures on the site uh, which were former hotels, um, that are currently vacant. <laughs> Subject property is in a future land use, uh, designation of commercial, which is consistent with the future land use designations of properties to the south, east and west. We also have some light industrial to the west, uh, primarily along Rockwell drive. As you move into James Savage road, uh, we've got some public parks and recreation to the north. And as you move further into Bay County, outside city limits, into the Muga area to the east, we have some low-density residential uh, future land use. In terms of zoning, largely consistent with that future land use map, we've got uh, regional commercial zoning for the properties surrounding the U.S. 10 interchange at Bay City Road. And as you move further to the west along Bay City Road, we've got I, I'm sorry, industrial A zoning along Rockwell Drive, and as we turn into James Savage Drive, moving to the north. And last, Planning developments are regulated in accordance with Article 24 of the Zoning Ordinance and they are intended to provide regulatory flexibility, essentially achieving developments that cannot be achieved under other types of zoning regulations. There are certain eligibility criteria in order to request a PUD, which this project um, has satisfied. A PUD must include both a concept plan and a detailed plan. That concept plan provides preliminary illustrations The detail plan has scale drawings that are similar in nature to a site plan. When we get to the detailed plan, the detail plan part of the process, which is what we are at tonight for this project, essentially the planning commission's role is to review the detail plan for consistency with the concept plan and compliance with applicable city standards similar to what would be done in a site plan review process. So the concepts already been endorsed. Um, it was approved by city council in February of 2022. And so we are now basically operating under the pretense of that concept plan um, as the the foundational regulatory framework for this project. In addition to looking at the normal site plan review standards. Subject properties are part of a larger overall development area known as Valley Plaza Resort. Uh, It's composed of eight separate parcels of land and there's multiple owners within this area. There are shared access uh, opportunities with Bay City Road and Rockwell Drive common parking elements and other shared amenities. The applicant has a purchase agreement to acquire the hotel properties from their current owner. Um, the applicant proposes to renovate the former buildings to uh, hotel buildings to provide assisted living and memory care housing. These uses are not permitted uses in the underlying RC regional commercial zoning district. But as you know, there are opportunities to add uses that aren't otherwise permitted through a PV process. And the, this is a use that's eligible for addition and in fact, was approved for addition through that concept process. So, going through the detail plan, um, some of the high-level specifications: Building One, which is the former Best Western building, is proposed to include 126 beds, um, 104 of those assisted living and 22 for memory care. Building One uh, would also include 3,880 square feet of retail space. Um, For those of you who aren't super familiar with this site, which would include myself up until a few months ago, um, the former Best Western is the property that's located closer to Bay City Road, so closer to the um, interchange with US 10 as well. Building number two, the former Days Inn, is generally located north of the former Studio M, so that would be more interior of the site. It was, as I said, the former Days Inn. It's proposed to include 67 beds, 52 for assisted living, and 15 for memory care. The remainder of the building space is intended for accessory uses to support those primary uses, such as commercial kitchens, common activity and dining areas and business offices. There are no major footprint uh, additions proposed. However, they are proposing a small lobby addition to building two. Um, Otherwise, as I said, no changes to building footprint or area. The site also features extensive internal green spaces, stormwater and 324 vehicle parking spaces so you may be wondering so how did i get familiar with these (laughs) properties a few months ago so um, the subject properties the the former days in and best western uh, as many of you likely already are aware were condemned by the city of midland building department in august of 2022 there were many reasons uh, for that condemnation action uh, being taken by the city which i outlined in the staff report but essentially every type of code violation that can exist in a building existed here, um, as well as some potential impacts to the public water distribution system. That condemnation order remains in effect. So these buildings uh, were condemned in August of 2022 and they remain condemned today. Contractors working on site to address any of the issues that were identified in that condemnation order do so only when they're approved to be there by the city building officials. So um, with condemnation, basically access to that those buildings is limited um, by the building official uh, to date per my conversations with the building official the repairs that have been completed have been very much in the superficial uh, category so the contaminated pool on site was drained there's been some asbestos remediation in a second floor guest room under a roof leak replacement of glass in a broken patio door and some minor electrical work um, some of the major issues uh, with the building so st- some structural issues issues with fire detection and notification equipment and the issues with the water service and potential um, cross-contamination with the public water supply have not yet been completed so going over the detailed plan uh, in more detail so uh, as i noted we've got two hotel buildings uh, in question uh, building one located at the front this is the mixed use building we have a small retail component which is located on the south west corner of that building, uh, closest to the main entrance off of Bay City Road, and then the remainder of that building would be used for, for assisted living purposes and other accessory uses. Building number two is located here. Um, this is the former Studio M. Uh, this is the uh, Convention and Events Center here to the uh, immediate west, just to give you some, some orientation to the project. As we move further to the north, you'll see there is an existing detention pond um that's located uh tucked along us 10. so this is the us 10 limited access right away Um, the site also to the north and west includes an rv park that's not included as part of the pud proposal tonight so just zoom in just a little bit closer i've highlighted buildings one and two building one in red and building two in blue just to give you a little bit sense a better sense of the the scale of the proposal um, the applicant building one has an interior courtyard, which provides open space facilities for that building. Building two is located closer to that existing detention pond. Um, and you'll see as we move through the plan that there are some amenities proposed surrounding that pond, um, to provide, uh, outdoor recreational access for residents and guests, um, of residents. On the screen, you'll see the general overview of the floor plan for building one, uh, and then we can move into elevations for building one. Not any real major changes here um, beyond what is currently on site. So we move into building two, very similar. I'm gonna let the applicant go into more detail on the floor plan and the operations of the facility. But needless to say, there are a variety of, of insular uses related to the assisted living and memory care in the building. And again, elevations for building two largely consistent with today's current elevations on site. Planning development basis for action. uh, We've got 10 categories of review um, that we look at when we review a plan unit development. We'll go through these uh, quickly. So first we look at the purpose of the project. So the proposed development provides for assisted living and memory care housing. The property abuts US 10 and shares several site amenities, including access and parking With the other properties that constitute valley plaza resort this development includes a conference center a family entertainment center a vacant movie theater a recreational vehicle park and the two subject hotel properties the physical and operational characteristics of the proposed development are compatible with the context of surrounding development so essentially this determination was made during the concept plan uh, review tonight's proposal is consistent with that approved concept plan Uh, but this use as assisted living and memory care is not incompatible with any of the uses that currently exist in the area. In terms of setbacks, the proposed development utilizes existing buildings. There is a small lobby addition proposed, which is consistent with PED setback requirements. That lobby addition is basically just to the north of that former Studio M property, so it's very much interior to the site at a significant distance from any um, property lines. In terms of maximum height, the proposed development, again, is utilizing existing buildings. The underlying zoning district of RC regional commercial does not have a maximum height. Um, Just for reference, building one is 17 foot, four inches tall. Building number two is 20 feet in height. Parking and loading. So we've got two different use standards here, Uh, housing for the elderly being the principal, um, since that's the primary and the larger of the two uses on site. That requires one space per dwelling unit, one space per employee present on the largest shift, and one guest space per three dwelling units. Based upon this standard, the minimum parking requirement for the use is 298 spaces. For the retail component of the project, there's a requirement of one space per 300 square feet of usable floor area. Based upon this standard, the minimum parking requirement for retail is 13 spaces for a combined total of 311. The applicant's detailed plan shows 324 vehicle parking spaces which satisfies that minimum quantity requirement. However, uh, you'll note that the plan does not show uh, City of Midland specifications for double striping of the parking spaces in the northern parking areas, and so we'll be looking for those to be added as part of the final approval of the project. In terms of landscaping, a landscaping plan with specifications for the quantity and type of plannings proposed was included with a detailed plan as required. The plan meets or exceeds the requirements for open space landscaping, road frontage landscaping, and parking lot landscaping. <coughs> which I think wouldn't surprise anybody who's been on the site. The site's already very well landscaped and the additions the applicant proposes will only add to that. Open space and PUD PUD developments with residential components. Um, The detail plan shows multiple outdoor open spaces and amenities. As I said, building one includes an outdoor courtyard area with seating, hardscaping and landscaping, a patio, gazebo, trail, beach, open lawn, horseshoe pits and a playground are located around the existing detention pond as shown on the plan. In terms of the circulation system, no changes are proposed to the existing circulation patterns on the site. There are currently no public sidewalks on Bay City Road or Rockwell Drive adjacent to the site. Both pedestrian and vehicle circulation is dependent upon utilization of adjacent properties which are under separate ownership. So as I noted at the beginning of my presentation, this entire property, there's a lot of interdependency of uh, facilities, including those vehicle and pedestrian circulation facilities. At this point, we don't have an easement document in our hands that demonstrates the access rights of these properties to use those systems. And so we've included that as a contingency item to ensure that that um, right of access does in fact exist for this development. Stormwater detention or retention. There is, as I noted, an existing stormwater detention pond on the northeast portion of the site. The applicant has integrated many of the outdoor amenities of the site around the pond. A stormwater permit will be required prior to construction as with all similar projects so in analysis staff finds the the detail plan is consistent with the concept plan and the requirements of article 24 and therefore uh, we recommend approval with contingencies so go through the contingencies real quick Um, number one a final stormwater management plan and permit amendment to the satisfaction of the city engineering department to a final soil erosion and sedimentation control permit To the satisfaction of the city building department three double striping of all parking areas four recorded easements providing vehicular and pedestrian access and circulation consistent with the detailed plan and five execution of a pud agreement consistent with the requirements of article 24. no public comments have been received to date on the detailed plan We're at the first step in the process, which is the Planning Commission's public hearing and consideration this evening. Upon your recommendation to City Council, City Council will schedule and hold a public hearing at which time they can consider final approval. And with that, I would welcome any questions.
2: Questions, Commissioners, thank you. James, go ahead.
4: I have a couple quick ones. Uh, What's the disposition of the Studio M Theater or is that within the purview of this plan?
3: It is outside the PUD limits. It is not under... It's uh, not in this PUD? It then? is not. It's okay. adjacent to.
4: Now, when we were discussing the concept plan, there was a discussion about fencing to uh, segregate this property from the uh, RV park and also given the nature of some of the inhabitants to make sure that the, uh, uh, they were fenced away from the water feature. Uh, is that, I couldn't explicitly see that in the documents. Are they included there, and I just didn't understand the legend, or?
3: I don't believe there's any fencing proposed around the pond. Typically, there are standards for fencing around certain water features if there's a slope or depth issue, uh, which would be part of the stormwater permit review, but um, I don't, the applicant may be able to speak to that in more detail, but I don't believe Okay, I
4: mean, given so. that it's a memory. Sure. You know, uh, and then the final thing uh, it is related to one of the preliminary comments you made, but maybe not. And I want to make sure it's not included in these criteria. There was reference to asbestos remediation. Is that something that the city looks out after, or is that a state or federal standard, or how, you know, it, been involved in buildings with that as an issue? Sure. Uh, I don't want to double regulate anything, but I do want to make sure that uh, you know there is a responsible party engaged sure. and that'll be done in a, a you know safe way going forward.
3: So that's a great question. If you don't mind, I'll probably expand my answer a little bit beyond the, sure. what you asked um, because I had meant to raise that in my presentation under the condemnation order. Um, in order for this property to get a certificate of occupancy, all of the items in that condemnation order are going to have to be resolved, whether it's by this applicant or by another mm-hmm. party. In order for anyone to enter or occupy the building, those issues have to be resolved to the satisfaction of the city building official. So you would not need to double dip on those issues because right now that condemnation <coughs> order would trump any approval from the planning department in terms of or the planning commission in terms of providing access or use to the property. Mm -hmm. At this point, this would just be a land use entitlement and similar to any other project where building permits are required. Building permits are gonna be required here and those building permits are gonna have to meet all the state code requirements, city code requirements, as well as addressing the issues in that condemnation order.
4: But is the asbestos remediation, is that a state uh, regulation? Yes. Okay, so that's not necessarily strictly within our purview.
3: The city of Midland adopts state codes. Primarily, we're dealing with Michigan Building Code. So when we talk about a state code, is a state code implemented at a local level?
4: Okay, so it is within the staff's purview then to make sure those are addressed. We
3: would be, the city building official would be the individual responsible for making sure that those codes were met.
4: Now, is the asbestos remediation kind of when you find something, you fix it? Or will they actually be looking to make sure that that stuff is there or not
3: I think given the scope of work that's required in the building in order to bring it up to a um, non condemned status um, those asbestos issues will be sufficiently remedied I don't think it'll be possible to hide them um, there are options with asbestos remediation yeah. and I am NOT an asbestos remediation expert but that, that don't require removal it can sometimes be encapsulated it depends yeah. on what type of product it's included right. in um, but certainly that would be part of that process.
4: Yeah, so, sorry to spend time on that, but hmm. in my past experience, that's the kind of thing you wanna make sure somebody's involved. a great question. Involved.
6: Other questions, Greg? Uh, yeah, the retention pond, uh, or whatever they had, they had like a beach there as well, so I assume there's water there all the time, so likely this will be looked at in the stormwater review, but. Is it sufficient with today's regulations? Because this was built a long time ago, and it's not like a lot of retention ponds where there's no water in them at times. Sure. So it's very. It seems different, but I assume it'll be caught in the stormwater review. It would. So
3: two things on that. One, um, that's where we get into the difference between retention and detention. Detention facilities hold water. Retention facilities hold water and then release them at a certain rate. So when you're detaining water, you're, you're keeping that water in the pond, and that usually means a wet facility in all but the rarest cases. Um, in terms of whether it's appropriately designed, that would be considered in that stormwater permit review. We are talking about a relatively minimal impervious surface impact here because most of the buildings infrastructure are already in place. So I'm not anticipating that there's gonna be a significant increase in runoff as a result of the project proposal. Uh, but nevertheless that will be analyzed in accordance with city standards to make sure that those new impacts are appropriately addressed
6: so we only look at new impacts but we're changing what this is what this facility is so it's not looked at a lens
3: a change of land use that doesn't involve construction wouldn't trigger a stormwater permit so if someone bought an office building and put a restaurant in it if they use the building in the same manner that the site plan didn't change there wouldn't be a stormwater permit trigger. Okay. But by the same token, a uh, non-use change isn't required to have a stormwater permit trigger, just it would be as simple as someone adding to their parking area would require us to look at a stormwater permit.
6: Okay, thank you.
1: Other questions?
2: Um, Just a couple last clarifying ones for me. One, um, I think we've covered it, but just to reiterate, We're renovating existing buildings. The only new construction would be the lobby that's interior to the site at this point, correct? Correct. Um, And then the basis for action, in addition to just being simply consistent with the concept plan, the basis for action is similar to what we consider for a site plan review at this point, correct? Correct. And then with the PUD agreement that's listed as a contingency, I don't want too much detail, but just a reminder about what's in that and maybe more importantly, how that's enforced, if that makes sense.
3: Sure. So the PUD agreement is essentially because the city is providing regulatory flexibility. It basically memorializes the contents of that flexibility. So what are the uses that are going to be included in the project? What are the expectations? What is the ability to the city of the city to uh, conduct enforcement to make sure that the terms of the agreement are met? These agreements aren't typically, these aren't huge, long sure. documents, but just basically encapsulating any contingencies that are included. Um time frames of approvals what uses were included um, the site plan would be included basically as an exhibit um, and, and that's just to make sure that the terms of the approval are um, recorded against the property so these actually get recorded at the county as well similar to a deed restriction
2: and then um, the city can go back and if they find an issue at any point in time Um, enforce the agreement, correct?
3: Yeah, and those enforcement mechanisms aren't all that different from our ordinary enforcement mechanisms. The lack of a PUD doesn't mean that we don't have land use enforcement. This just is a, a heightened and more specified way of making sure everyone's on the same page about what the approval was. Okay,
2: thank you. Any other questions? All right, thank you. We'll move on in our process, just a reminder, we're gonna have the petitioner come up first, then we will invite additional public comments, then we'll bring the petitioner back up for rebuttal and final comments. So with that, I invite the petitioner, if they're here, just need you to step up to the blue mat, and then name and address for the record to get things started, please.
7: Thank you, good evening. My name is Emmanuel Coleus. I'm with Whiteman Architects and Engineers. Uh, address for our office is 14328 North Line Road in Southgate, Michigan. Uh, This project entails uh, taking uh, two buildings that have been sitting vacant for some time now and refurbishing them to a new use uh, and turning them into assisted living and memory care facilities for the aged. Uh, I understand there's some concerns with uh, obviously some of the issues that have been found uh, since the building has been condemned. A lot of those issues will be resolved as part of our design process and construction so those will probably go those will go away Um, mr bain you had mentioned something about the uh, asbestos removal that will also be addressed and it's my understanding too with some of the asbestos that's in these buildings if it's friable if it's something that's you know falling on the ground that has to be remediated typically some of those are kind of in place it's encapsulated and those can usually stay in place. So that's something that we'll review and uh, discuss that with the uh, building department as well. Uh, you also mentioned something about some fencing uh, around the pond. I believe I read somewhere in the ordinance in this PUD that, uh, you don't allow fencing around, uh, detention ponds if you have a six in one slope or less. And I think we have that situation here. So we wouldn't require, um, uh, a fence around this. We do have a pathway that goes around the pond. uh, And kind of basically enhancing that whole development, that whole site to to accommodate uh, the home for the aged, the elderly. Um, I don't want to take too much of your time, but uh, if you'd like, I could go through and show you the floor plan and kind of go room by room for you. I don't know if you want me to do that. Uh, If not, I can, answer any questions you might have.
2: Any interest commissioners? I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, I think we're all set. <clears throat> any other questions for the applicant?
4: Yeah, I have one about the, uh, are you going to keep the uh, the bathroom configurations with each unit, or will they, uh, will, you know, each unit still have their own uh, facilities? Or? Each
7: unit will have its own uh, bathrooms, uh, I think 15% of those rooms will be handicap accessible per the uh, code. Uh, so, yeah, basically the whole rooms are getting gutted and redone and refinished. Some of the rooms right now, there's obviously just single rooms. Mm-hmm. It's just a bedroom and a bathroom. Some of those rooms will be one-bedroom suites. Some will be two-bedroom suites. And other rooms will be just studios, which is just you know bedroom with a bathroom.
3: Thank you. Other
2: questions?
4: On the retail, what, what would that, how would that be used again? Uh,
7: right here. now it's, it's, it's a white box type of situation where we're going to build it out and it'll be retailed to some, port, some portion of uh, whether it's a type of business, if it's a, a shop, that'll be used both by the public and uh, by the residents as well.
4: So it have internal and external access? Correct, yeah. Questions.
2: I didn't mean to cut you off earlier I'm no, sorry if you had no pretty problem. Your presentation no, you're fine <laughs> all right anything else to add uh, that would be it all right thank you we'll bring you back up at the end thank you we'll go ahead and open it up for public comments public comments
8: hello I'm Christine Rapanas 1400 Avalon Drive in Midland And um, I'm one of the owners of Great Hall and Valley lanes and Studio M. So um, I'm here to oppose this project to the PUD, As it was, you know, we were zoned commercial and light industrial is around us. So having this um, memory care facility next to a commercial is, you know, not conducive to what the city of Midland had always planned. And One day the Studio M is going to be um, developed. We have that in the plans for the future to do that. So I want you to be aware that now you're going to have a commercial building right next to a memory care facility. And, you know, that's just not conducive. And the fact that we share parking lots and things like that, you know, as I said previously, you wouldn't put it in a Myers parking lot. You wouldn't put it in Walmart's parking lot. You just wouldn't even think about it. But you're willing to think about it in our parking lot. And on a corridor that is not set up to be for memory care. And, you know, I have a lot of questions, questions about the owners, questions about, you know, are they going to upkeep it and things like that. Is this the same group that came last time with just a different, you know, owners? Is it part of, are there owners from the current ownership being part of this? I mean, we've gone through several owners and being, and I can tell you, we have to share the parking lot. We have to collect money. I haven't been getting it. I had to sue the last owner, you know, and the owner before that. So I've got a lot of concerns and I just don't think this here is conducive to the whole corridor so thank you thank you
2: public comments or questions public comments or questions last call for public comments hearing none um i'll invite the petitioner to come back
7: up for final comments Yes. I'm just trying to address some of your concerns. Um, right now the building is going to have a a retail portion to it, which is also commercial, uh, as far as the parking goes, um, you know, we're not, we're not sharing any parking. We have enough parking on our piece of property, uh, that satisfies the ordinance for parking. Uh, the, the applicant here is spending close to $10 million to develop this property. Uh, It's gonna do anything, that's gonna do nothing but improve that whole area. I can't see how that would be uh, an issue.
2: All right, any other final comments? Nope. Any final questions, commissioners? Uh, the public comment session has already been closed. I apologize. The, excuse
7: me, she is uh, part of the, Oh, okay. The, part of our <laughs> just, <here.
2: laughs> just saying a name and address, please. Thank you.
9: Uh, my name is Laurie Russell. My address is six, eight, seven, three, nine, South main street in Richmond. Um, I am the regional director for MNH health. Um, there's a lot of things that come to mind, I guess, with the opposition, um, you know, I guess my number one question is why is it not conducive? There's an incredible need for senior housing. There, you know, market market studies have shown that there is approximately 500 plus beds needed for assisted living and approximately 250 plus beds needed for memory care. Um, I can tell you as somebody that's worked in senior living for 20 plus years in various different capacities, um, the need is really great. Um, As communities and working with, Um, the group that's proposing this, it's not just proposed as an assisted living. They're incredible community partners. There's incredible things that the community does for the community. Um, I can speak to, you know, some of the things that, um, as community partners, it's not just an assisted living. Um, You know, we partner with local hospitals for hospice. There's an incredible need. There's a change in hospice where a lot of families don't want to bring their loved ones home to die in their living room where they have to you know walk by that living room Um, our communities provide that that in in in-house respite um, hospice care Um, as certified dementia practitioners we work with our first responders we educate we help them deal with um, our seniors I guess our frequent 911 callers you know (laughs) grandma that's at home and husband's passed away and you know, she overutilizes 911, and really our first responders are not equipped of how to deal with those seniors. So we offer our services, and we make sure that our first responders know that they have avenues and places to go. Um, we hold um, CEUs for our nurses and our social workers so they can keep their licensing. Senior expos for our seniors that are still home and just navigating the world, um, of where to go for essential services is really hard. So with providing those senior expos, it's a comforting place for them to come and kind of learn, you know, the next steps where they need to go and, you know, how the community can help them. Um, we volunteer at community centers. We, you know, provide snacks for bingos. We go in and we do arts and crafts. We do a really great job of being really great community partners. Um, We volunteer at women's shelters. There's an incredible value to the community, not just the residents that live, you know, in the walls. Um, There's also, you know, a great need for adult day. Um, You know, a transition kind of into senior communities. Um, A lot of spouses really try to keep their spouse at home, but find it incredibly overwhelming. So, you know, proposing an adult day in, the, in this community is an, a, an exceptional benefit to our spouses that really want their husband or their wife at home with them every single night. We do the hard lifting during the day. We can do showers. We can do, you know, care that, you know, when the wife comes home at night, she just doesn't really want to battle with her husband that has Alzheimer's. So the, the benefit to the community is tremendous. I guess I'm a little bit confused as, you know, as to what the um why wouldn't it wouldn't be conducive when there's such a great need to the community. Um, I guess that's all. Um, in you know, in I guess another comment, you know, about sharing parking space and it's not conducive. There's plenty of properties that are built in commercial areas. Um, it's an ease for families. Um, building them, you know, where nobody it's not convenient is really not convenient to yourself you know when you've got mom or grandma in a in a community and you want to go see her if it's out mm, far away you're not as likely to go visit so having it in a highly populated area is is incredibly beneficial
2: okay all right thank you thank you we'll go ahead and close the public hearing and go into deliberation by the planning commission
5: i have a clarifying question Yes. Is this, are these the same owners that came to us, what was it, yes. spring? Yes. Yes.
2: Okay. Other comments, commissioners?
4: Uh, just kind of a contextual thing. Am I correct in assuming that uh, we got kind of like two cri- large cri- categories of criteria to evaluate this? One is consistency with the concept plan, and the other is the objective criteria that are basically analogous to a uh, you know, site plan? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, here's how I would put it. The, the concept plan basically captures the zoning modifications that are requested in the PUD. The mm-hmm. detailed plan implements those as a site plan. So you're you're reviewing the site plan against base code where there's not modifications and the concept plan where there are. So where we have a use modification that was approved as part of the concept plan. Yeah. That's baked into the detail plan. That consistency is what we're looking for. In terms of parking lot striping, there was no flexibility, no request for a change. That's a standard requirement for site plan review. That's right. the kind of things we would identify as contingencies related to a more typical engineering plan yeah. review.
4: So once we've satisfied ourselves, this is consistent with the concept plan. This becomes object, uh, an objective process. Correct. Thing. Correct with you know, very little room to uh, yep. yeah, interpret this isn't, or put it, judgment on or things like that.
3: This isn't meant to be a, a secondary concept plan review. The concept plan review happens, the concept is mm. approved, and then that concept plan becomes the regulatory framework for the detail plan.
4: Okay, that's consistent with what I thought. I just wanted to it's a great question. validate that.
2: Yeah, I'll just build on that by saying that, I mean, everything that I've seen tonight indicates that uh, it's consistent with the concept plan and that uh, from the objective criteria, it's checked all the boxes.
4: I would agree.
6: Greg? Yeah, it uh, to me, it looks like a, a good use of an existing building, and I don't have any issues that it's near some other commercial buildings. I had a father that was in an elderly home, and it was nice to have him close to other commercial establishments, I could take them out and take them to restaurants, things like that. So I think that's a benefit to be near some other things.
5: You know, a concern that I had previously that I probably still have is how it does affect the neighboring um, business there with a comment that had stood out to me was there are weddings that happen at that facility and um, I do know just being close to Main Street and seeing how many um, emergency service vehicles go to that facility on a regular basis. I would imagine that there are going to be Friday nights, Saturday nights, Sundays where there are weddings held at, um, the neighboring parcel where there'll be you know some fairly um, concerning emergency vehicle, and I think that's a lot where the concern comes in with the shared parking. There's just the one entrance. You'll have emergency vehicles going in there during like special events. And I do feel like that could affect the existing business.
2: I don't think there's anything else that we can do other than we've got a contingency for easements that provides for that vehicular as well as pedestrian access as well. Yeah. Assuming there are no other comments I will make a motion that we recommend approval of PUD number 19 to City Council with the five contingencies. I second. We have a motion by Commissioner Collinger and a second by Commissioner McCoy to recommend approval of Plan Unit Development Number 19 to City Council with the five contingencies. Will you please call roll.
3: Deckerill? Yes. Mayville? Yes. Bain? Yes. Penasic? Yep. McCoy? Yes. Broderick? No. Collinger? Yes. That passes 6-1. to
2: All right. Our next date is on the 23rd with City Council where the uh, public hearing could be scheduled, correct? Correct. All right. That concludes the public hearings on our agenda this evening. Uh, Thank you, everyone who was here, who presented, who participated. Appreciate the public comments and the questions. Um, We are now going to move on to old business on our agenda. We have one unit or one item on our agenda for old business. And we'll let everyone clear out for a second, Mr. Chair. While everybody's clearing out,
3: um, I want to remind everybody that this came before us before, and I need I needed to abstain because
4: um, I'm working with Mr. and Mrs. Rapanis on this project. So I'd like to abstain from voting on this evening.
2: I don't think we had any issue with that last time. Any issue this time? Okay. All right. Thank you. You may step down. Just one more minute. <laughs> all right the uh, continuing with old business the one item of old business we have this evening is conditional use permit number 80 and uh, I'll turn it over to you for the presentation thank you mr. chair uh, so conditional use permit number 80 is for a
10: drive through coffee shop mugshots coffee the applicant is Matthew Rapanos the location is 3715 and 3719 North Saginaw Road. The zoning is RC Regional Commercial and um, as I said, the proposal is for a drive through coffee shop. Just a little bit of background on kind of the um, events leading up to today. At its regularly scheduled meeting on December 13th, the Planning Commission uh, took action to delay a decision. Um, Until a later date until updated materials um, have been received and reviewed by city staff Um, Additional materials have since been uh, received and reviewed those were included in your packet Um, Additional materials have since been reviewed um, since the packet has gone out which I'll get into a little bit um, here so just looking at the site um, it is located adjacent to The Dow High School as well as um, the Rogers Wellness Park uh, to the east. This is a close up of the site. The yellow uh, boundary, the subject property there um, is the product of a land division and boundary adjustment. So the white lines here uh, were the current or were the uh, once existing uh, property lines. This has the land division boundary adjustment has since been completed. So this is the new property line. The zoning, as I said, was RC regional commercial surrounded by office service and then RB residential surrounding that with a little bit of single family residential to the Northeast. Future land use is office service. So this is the updated site plans that were provided in the Planning Commission packet. Um, This was kind of the first updated materials that we received um, addressing uh, many of the remaining concerns that we had in the original staff report. We can see um, the pedestrian crossings uh, from the proposed wood uh, chip path as well as the double-stripe parking, and then the biggest one, arguably the building itself, has been moved out of the 25-foot setback. It's kind of hard to see, but this being the 25-foot setback, um, they have moved it out of there, uh, compliant with our standards. It's a little bit better of a review. I won't go into too much detail here, um, just because there have been new plans submitted. So with the Site plans that were uh, included in the Planning Commission packet. The non-discretionary standards or the remaining concerns that we had had to do with landscaping adjacent to the street, um, vehicular and pedestrian circulation, uh, specifically the directional pavement markings or signage um, denoting the one-way traffic through the site. And then exterior lighting requiring a photometric plan uh, in accordance with section 3.12. So this is the um, most recent plans that were not provided in the Planning Commission packet that uh, we received late last week. Um, Under preliminary review of the updated uh, site plan, most of the remaining concerns have been addressed, Um, however, we are still recommending the contingencies be included. in the staff memo while city departments complete their reviews. So uh, just to show a little bit here, they have provided the specifications for the stacking spaces as well as providing uh, angled parking which furthers the site's one-way direction. Um, Again pavement markings and signage showing that there's the entrance and then the exit on the other side there to the Discretionary standards for conditional use permits are as follows. The contingency items that we have included, um, uh, approval is granted to the proposed drive through coffee shop in compliance with the accompanying site plan. Any additional uses of the property shall be reviewed and approved in accordance with the standards of the City of Midland Zoning Ordinance. Uh, a landscape plan that includes the required landscaping adjacent to the street we believe that this has been met. However, we still uh, would like time for further review to uh, be sure. The photometric plan uh, that includes lighting for all parking areas and pedestrian walkways. The updated site plans that we have seen um, do include the photometrics for the additional parking spaces. The uh, walkways, however, have not been lighted, so we'll, we'll need to see those and include this as a contingency. Vehicular circulation and parking details that address the one-way movement through the site to the satisfaction of the planning department. Uh, Land division slash boundary adjustment application approved by the city planning department and recorded at the Midland County Register of Deeds. Uh, I believe today we did receive the recorded document uh, late this afternoon, so um, we just need to include this as a contingency to make sure that everything is good there. Uh, And then kind of the more um, general contingencies that we like to include the final stormwater management plan and permit required to the satisfaction of the city engineering department and a soil erosion and sedimentation control permit We've received one public comment Uh, Tonight is the Planning Commission consideration Um, public hearing was November 16th And then this will go to City Council's scheduled public hearing January 23rd and then um, City Council consideration on February 13th. With that, I'll entertain any questions. Questions, Commissioners?
6: Go uh, ahead, Looks like there is additional pave- pavement with this plan. Is that the uh, shaded, the darkened areas on that one site plan? That's correct, yeah. Okay, so the engineering department will look at uh, the soil erosion, stormwater plan. See if this is adequate. Uh, that is what correct. We yeah. have for the area because it's going to increase the runoff that we have in the city of uh, some additional water. Yes. Yep.
2: And remind me where the um, the floodplain is in relation to all this. I don't know if we have it on here.
3: But the What's entire that? property is located in. The say is the entire floor floor property? property? Yep. Okay, that's yep. what I thought. Okay. So to um, Commissioner uh, Mayville's question, um, City Building Department reviews soil erosion and sedimentation control permits as responsible for those during construction. Stormwater permitting would be through City Engineering Department and any um, in compliance with the city's uh, flood rules would be also administered by the City Building Department at the time of building permit uh, and site plan review. So they're they're gonna be part of that process of making sure those uh, rules in terms of fill, elevation are all met.
2: And then, Ryan, the other question I had was, uh, so coming into today, um, you had seven contingency items received revised plans. Um, how many of those seven, I know we're going to keep them as contingencies, but just for argument's sake, I mean, how many of those seven have been met at this point based off the preliminary review?
10: The, we believe the landscaping plan has been met um, with the landscaping adjacent to the street. The land division has been received and recorded with the Midland County Register of Deeds. Um, and then the vehicle, vehicular circulation parking details, we also believe has been met. Um, we're still waiting on a few departments to review some of that. But, okay, yeah. so about half.
2: Okay. Other questions? James?
4: Yeah, uh, follow-up on Greg's question. Uh, how Does this updated plan increase the built-up area uh, over what we've previously looked at? My recollection of the site is that, uh, you know, there was an ATM, most if not all of what they needed for the original plan had already been built up, and does the revised plan require more fill, or uh, was that, is that reflected in the updated plan? Uh,
10: The updated plan that we've since received that you have not seen in the plan, no, does
3: not. You would be correct in terms of the original plan presented in November, when the building was located inside the inside the setback area. Yeah. But the plan that's in your packet, compared to the plan that's been subsequently submitted, okay. uh, have roughly equivalent amounts of new impervious coverage. I, I would I would guess that there's less impervious coverage on the
4: most recent submittal with the angling of the parking. Yeah, my question is less about. Impervious parking as much as what's built up. Okay, the um, actual shop itself. Yeah, 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 and in I mean, and by built up, I don't mean you know hammers and nails. I mean fill. fill.
3: Yeah, so the the um, site plan does show the proposed fill, and I, I don't believe, in rank and Ryan can correct me if I'm wrong, that the the most recent submittal in terms of the amount of fill proposed, there's no difference between the version of your packet and the and the new submittal. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean that was my impression from the presentation. Correct, Ryan, is that uh, the uh, the largest change was simply moving it out of the setback at that point, and the addition of some of the angled parking as well. Yes, that's correct. Okay.
4: Thanks for the clarification. Other questions? Just to confirm, or add a little more.
7: So, <clears throat> when the setback was set
3: or um, increased, I should say. Um, it doesn't go further into the property because of the angled parking? Or is it, so I'm trying to compare the old to the new, does it go further?
7: <clears throat> is the only thing that changed to get the setback is the angled parking or is there other modifications? I don't know if it's the, for else.
10: <clears throat> so, so the building has come further into the into the site right. but the angled parking and the parking has, it's it hasn't, we don't believe it's gone further into the site as okay. far as.
3: Out. Bagel parking was a consideration to reinforce the one-way One driving eight. pattern so folks oh. didn't back out and end up Encountering incoming Counter traffic on. into the site. So okay right.
2: Other questions All right, thank you Ryan um, I'm not feeling the need to reopen a public hearing or to hear from the applicant again, but I'm i am uh Willing to entertain otherwise, if somebody thinks differently.
6: Go I had a question right. for somebody. I don't know if Ryan could answer it or not. Go ahead. Um, okay, I was. I didn't know what the applicant was no, come up. So with the angled parking, uh, the way it is to reinforce the one way, and then there's uh, picnic tables past the angled parking with a walkway. I look at where the drive-through goes and the canopy there's no way for the car once it goes through the drive-through to park in that angle parking. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how was that utilized or people pull into the angle parking and then walk to a, go to a walk up window and so you have to come here. Or? No, he's got it. Oh, um,
10: okay. Yeah. So I, I guess I don't want to speak too much on behalf of the applicant, but I think the intent for the drive through um, is to just drive through, um, and then the angle parking would be provided for walk-up surface um, on the north side of the restaurant.
6: Okay, so there's another place to order? Correct. You, okay.
3: You'll see on that uh, plan on the screen, there's canopies denoted on both the north and south side of the building, which would be opportunities for walk-up orders or for someone to drive in, park, and oh, okay. walk yeah. to that walk-up okay. window.
6: Yeah, thank you, I see that now. I was just wondering if someone went through the first canopy where the drive-through is, they have to try to back up and then park at right. the angle, it just didn't make sense with that. But I got it, thank you.
2: And I'm happy to open public hearing and invite the applicant up if we need to. Um, if if other, people, other people think we need to. Did, did you get your question answered? I,
4: I have an answer. Okay. One comment we had at the last meeting related to the playground. Uh, the to, I believe that would be the east. And uh, it was there. Does this site plan show any accommodation for either segregation or uh, the, would the landscaping kind of do that, or was the concern maybe just? adjacent traffic to that I think it was area. just
2: traffic was the express public okay. comment concerned.
4: So there's nothing really to that can be done to address that then?
2: No I mean we have to look at the impact on traffic but it's a, it's a conditional uh, yeah. use permit at the end of the day so I think the applicant has met everything objectively that needs to be met when it comes right. to traffic so if we as a commission think that we need someone needs to go further I think that is a criteria we have at our disposal because it's a conditional use if you had a concern
4: well it's mainly in the nature of it was raised as a comment and uh the you know my question is is it being addressed or not and then if not you know then we can you know have that discussion but uh,
6: Yeah, ma'am. Go ahead, Greg. Sorry. Um, Remind me. Has uh, engineering looked at the uh, traffic flow of this and approved this? Um, I'm just wondering how close it is to the left-hand turn at the major road down, I forget the name of the road. It goes into Dow High. In the morning that is a lot of traffic there and left-hand turns into this. Could be difficult and hold up a lot of traffic uh, in the morning when people are going to the high school so they
3: every item that comes to the Planning Commission has been reviewed by water wastewater stormwater engineering public services um, planning um, I don't know if I'm missing anybody that's part of our, <laughs> our core review team but Fire department. Fire department. That's a big one. Okay. <laughs> so any any deficiencies with regard to their codes that they apply or concerns they have with the facility um, availability or capacity would be addressed during that review. Um, that happens within um, a week of plan submittal and before and this is packet a, prep.
6: Yeah, this is a small facility, so there's probably not a ton of traffic at any one time. I'm just was mainly concerned about that during that uh, morning. Rush time and turning sure. left there, and then causing backup to traffic. But if they've reviewed all of that,
3: if yep, there were no concerns uh, expressed, and that, uh, as a matter of fact, many of those issues were already also discussed by our review team during consideration of the rezoning um, last year. So it's been it's been thoroughly vetted in the in the last six months uh, as a result of that process also taking place.
2: And James, I didn't mean to muddy um, yeah, right. the waters more. I mean similar to a site plan we can see in the packet, you know, ingress and egress, pedestrian circulation, vehicle circulation, those are all check the boxes. Within yeah. the discretionary standards, we have the additional ability to 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 deliberate on things like impact on traffic. So you're you're asking the right question, but it's not really something that can be answered objectively. It's up to us as a planning commission okay. to deliberate or even you personally to make a decision based off of traffic, if that makes sense. Other questions or comments? Hearing none, I'm looking for a motion.
5: Uh, Go ahead. On motion, we recommend approval for conditional use permit number 80.
2: I'll second. We have a motion and a, a motion for Commissioner Broderick and a second for Commissioner Collinger to recommend approval of conditional use permit number eighty to city council for approval with these seven contingencies. Thank you. Will you please call the
3: roll? Decker. Yes. Mayville? Yes. Bain? Yes. McCoy? Yes. Collinger? Yes. I'm sorry, and I skipped uh, Broderick. Yes. My motion passes six to zero. All right.
2: Their next date is with city council as well on the 23rd for public hearing scheduling, correct? That's correct. All right. Thank you.
6: Thank you.
2: Next item on our agenda are any public comments unrelated to items on the agenda.
1: Yeah.
2: Any public comments unrelated to items on the agenda? Oh, sorry.
3: We have... um, Hey, Mr. Uh, John Elson, 6106. If, hang on, District just a Parkway. second. If we could, Mr. Elson, we'll let Mr. Panacek rejoin us. Okay,
1: discussion. sure, no problem. I don't I mean, see anybody trying to beat me out of here, so. Yeah, I to benefit <laughs>
3: from
1: your comments, so thank you. Welcome back, Sean. I, yeah, you want to enjoy, enjoy this, right? Like I said, it was uh, 12.30 last night when we got out of the city council meeting last night. and I'm going to talk about the second one also, but one of them went on for, I don't know, Four hours, three and a half hours, and one went on for another two hours, and it was it's a long night. Anyways, I'm going to talk about the things that uh, are the most concerning to me, and that's uh, and that's about flooding and infrastructure. Um, since 1986, we've had at least four major flood events. Three of them severe. Okay, so in '86 and two, uh, 19, uh, 2017 and 2000 were big ones. I think 1996 was another one. So we've had at least four after the big one in 86, the city did make some changes like they, Now the parking lots had to be able to hold water, different places had to hold water because they realized after 86, this was going to be a problem. Now, just to put that into perspective, 86, there was no mall there was hardly any building outside of the north side of town, there was hardly any building west of town which would be in drain, Sturgeon Creek, okay? So these are basically not a big not affected very much. Moreland, I don't think even Moreland subdivision was it may have been started in that area. So there was very little activity, and very little things done. And since that time, the city hasn't really done much to improve anything after all this building has gone on. So you know i think i think it's time that the city and the planning commission start looking at our ordinances and to bring it up to today's date for what's actually existing today okay what is happening north of town what is happening north of the mall even more buildings going out out there you know I'm not, I, you know, Tom McCann, I know, I know him, he's a very nice guy, but, you know, he's a developer and I understand he's got priorities to make money and utilize his land to the fullest extent, but these guys got to take a, a piece of this action um, to make sure when we build anything in this town that they have some, not, not direct responsibility, but responsibility to the citizens and the citizens of, of Midland. And so does the planning commission and so does the city council. They have to be thinking about these things. It can't be how much is it gonna cost now if you wanted to replace all the sewer lines, all the storm sewer lines, how much would that cost? Right now, we're gonna spend $50 million, as you all already know, on the drainage, uh, footage drain disconnect, which includes some sanitary storage, a million gallons, which is, doesn't, it's, it sounds like a lot, but it's not really that much, you know? I mean but it's, it's something. And that was based on the last flood event and how much excess they thought went past their, the overflow from sylvan drain over to the, uh, over to the valley. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that we've got to, we've got to look at these things at what, what kind of storm sewer drains we got. What size have we changed? We changed any sizes at all? No, the same, the same drains. What have we, what else are we gonna do? We're gonna line the pipe. Okay, well that's nice. It's going to be. It's not making it bigger. In fact, it makes it a little smaller if you line it, but not very much. But still, smaller. Yeah, and the reasoning for that is to try to get infiltration down. But during a major flood event, most water water's coming in from outside anyway. All the all the storm sewer uh, or the sanitary drains you see in the roads. You know, you run them over all the time. The I can't remember what you call them, but you know the. The, t- the cap or whatever. Manhole cover, that's it. <laughs> Anyways, when you get to the manhole covers, a lot of those leaked. So when the road gets flooded, what happens? The water goes directly down into the sanitary system, and the pumps can't handle. I mean, how are you going to how much pump are you going to need to be able to keep that even cleared out? So these are all are the things that come to the Planning Commission before they ever get to the city council me- meetings. You know, these are people that want to make money and develop, and I understand that. That's okay. Development's a good thing, but let's just be more responsible. It's your duty here, before it ever gets to city council, to make sure that not just these ordinances, but that we ask the right questions ahead of time when we develop these properties and how much it's going to affect other people. I mean, me personally, I I lived overseas from about 1980 something to 2000 and Four. Okay, so I wasn't here for a lot of years, you know, but I grew up here, so I know the area, and I've lived here since 2004. And I see there's lots of changes that have gone on, and I see that there's a lot of things that have not been done that should have been done a long time ago, and it costs a hell of a lot more to go and remediate something than it does to build it properly to begin with. You know, back in the 50s or 60s when they developed some of these properties. You know, they're more than perfectly adequate, but 20 years later, they're not anymore. So that's my, that's my emphasis. That's what I'm going to continue to push. That's what I continue to look at the city council meetings for. That's my primary other uh, thing. And I, I have can tell you when we had the 2017 flood, I went down the street and helped people clear out their basements of all the garbage that was down there and people crying and you know, my house never got affected. Knock on wood. <laughs> But but I I felt sorry for all my all my neighbors that did. Some of these were single women with two kids. They just bought their first house, and now what's their house worth? You know, hardly anything. I mean, they they should have really condemned a lot of the houses on Sturgeon Creek Parkway, which they didn't do. But because of some loophole in the how you can buy it for something, and if you fix it up, and you know, you don't spend so much money, then you can you can resell it again. Which you know, to me, is just a a weird thing and another thing that's really weird that I found out when I went to the another meeting at the, um, Midland center for the arts that I talked to the Eagle and you know that if you have wetland property in Midland and you want to get an exemption, you can go to Eagle and promise them some acreage in Bay city so you can develop that property in Midland. To me that makes zero sense whatsoever since we're worried about Midland. And Bay City, I I mean, to me, this is just a political hack job of some sort or another, and I don't get it. But that's just a, do you guys know this? You all do? I I was shocked to know that, okay? Because I just didn't think anybody would be so remiss at understanding what the situation does to other people. Anyways, the last thing I noticed yesterday, which kind of reminded me of the, Flood event and dealing with people that were really upset. And is this a new um, apartment complex you are going to put on Eastland? Okay, 200 and some odd apartments. Guys that built the same building uh, that that's at the East East End. Um, it's a co- it's a corporation that builds many of these big buildings, right? But these poor people that live there, there must have been 15 of them last night, maybe 20. People that are wondering what they're going to do with their life because now they're going to have this three story monstrosity on this little tiny parcel of piece of land, you know, and they're looking at how their life is going to change, what's their property value is going to be or not be, um, how it's going to affect their safety and their welfare. And this pass right through here, that parcel is not even big enough. And somebody compared it to the one that's on East Lawn and, and Sweet Road. It's not even close. I mean, the setback on that one is way, way further back. It's taller, but it's not like in a really densely populated area like this one is. This is densely populated. And I'm going to wonder how much of this water from these parking lots are going to go have to be dealt with. How much more electricity? I know there's been some electricity problems around Kroger's and stuff like that. Is that in the same circuit? Are you going to have to have more uh, redo this electricity thing? How about this how about the sanitary system has this been looked at since you're going to add 200 and some units and such a six in a 6.2 acre property has that been looked at sufficiently I'm sure that they can say okay the diameter of our pipe is eight inches and that should handle X amount but you know I mean that's based on the best conditions that's got an eight inch diameter right um, and <laughs> I don't really know and then you got the storm sewer I know across the street because a friend of mine was building houses for with, a, uh, with, uh, with, with the students, you know, for Habitat for Humanity. And one day, one weekend, he called me up and said, come over and help me out, because with the back, sewage, uh, sand, or uh, 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 Stormberry was flooded. So we had, we had to go out and find it, find where the, actually the water went in. The neighbors in the next door, they're gonna flooded their backyard too. So what it is is in some parts of town the, sand, uh, the the storm sewers are in the back of people's properties not the, not the front you'd think so actually it's draining down towards that back and that was all flooded back there now can you imagine you're going to take six acres of land if you get a foot of rain let's say that'd be six acre feet uh, uh, an acre foot of water is 3 hundred twenty five thousand gallons so can you imagine what that overflows how much Area that is so, you know. I mean, I was just—I dis- felt really sorry for those people. I mean, they weren't crying quite, but they were. Some were close to tears. Some were. Some were very upset. And there were only two city commissioners that that voted against it. That was Arnosky and and Wasbinski. thats his area. Okay. I was actually shocked. I thought there'd be at least one more. Okay. That would would be objective to that and it's still going to come up. It's not a final deal yet. I mean, it's pretty close to a final deal, but it's not quite yet. And I'm sure that at the next public meetings that'll be brought up again. And I'm sure that you're going to hear a lot more about it. So I'm, all I'm trying to say is although You're not the city council. A lot of things you do here go to the city council and a lot of things you do here become mandates and ordinance you you create and the precedence is you set Will help dictate how the city council does vote for things, and that's basically I, what I want to say. That I appreciate the fact that you're here. I appreciate the fact that we look into these things because by the time it gets there, you know, it gets diluted and transformed, and you know, I, you know how things go in real life. I mean, it's not always. If I repeat the same thing to somebody, by the time it gets back to me, if I repeat, you all repeat it back, it's a completely different story, right? Mm-hmm. So. That's all i got to say about that. and So thank you for your time.
2: Thank you, John. And thank you for encouraging us to continue asking good questions. Uh, all right. Uh, communications, we have several in front of us um, from uh, the Michigan Planning Association um, as well. Um, although, Brian, it looks like we have something on uh, a webinar series for housing, correct?
3: I'll cover that in my uh, director's report.
2: All right. Uh, Report of the chairperson, um, just use the opportunity to uh, uh, simply say, especially coming off of what John said um, during public comments, um, just encourage that we are looking at some of these issues from a macro perspective with the master plan um, as well at this point. Um, And uh, excited that there are some things we can do to um, help out with this and a lot of other issues facing the city as well. Uh, planning director
3: all right so um, got several items so I'll go through quick I'll start (laughs) with the item that was uh, that you just referenced uh, mr. chair which was your uh, invitation we've got a um, map is offering a series of webinars on housing um, that that felt very pertinent to a lot of conversations uh, happening uh, obviously not just in Midland but around the state of Michigan and the country we have an opportunity to provide a free registration to someone if you'd like to attend that webinar series. So um, I would just ask that either after tonight's meeting or, um, well, after tonight's meeting, either tonight <laughs> after the meeting or later after the meeting, if you could let us know if you're interested in that, we can get you that code and let you get registered for that opportunity. Um, secondly, also in your uh, communications on the dais this evening, we've got some homework for you. Um, As uh, we go into the next agenda, we do have a special meeting at 6 o'clock on the 24th, which is with regards to the future land use map and the future transportation map. Um, Consistent with our approach to our other special meetings, we thought it would be beneficial for you all to put some thought into those topics and bring your ideas um, forward to the meeting um, so that we can be warmed up and ready for that conversation. We'll have some large format maps here in the chamber for that special meeting. So if you wanna make some notes, whether they're on your map supplements that we provided you or on a separate sheet of paper, bring those to the meeting on the 24th at six o'clock and then you can annotate um, the maps that are here in the chamber and we'll have some, hopefully, really good discussion. That'll just be the first of two meetings on that topic and so we'll have some additional time for discussion. Um, We've also with those maps provided you with some general prompts just to get your thought process going about some questions You may want to ask yourself um, that we'll want to talk about at that special meeting And so those are just included and certainly if you've anything else you want to discuss on those maps feel free We just wanted to kind of get you started with those Um, uh, Kind of along the same lines for Midland City Modern uh, We have a question for you all so we're working on finalization of your prioritization from our goal um, objective and strategy exercises um, over the last three months. And there was a, goal, a st- there was a goal submitted on one of the surveys that ended up being uh, listed in the, the top priorities list, which was establishment of a recreation authority. As you know, your surveys were anonymous, so we don't know who submitted that. It ended up obtaining a lot of uh, positive feedback from the group, or at least from somebody who spent all their dots on it. <laughs> and so before we go out to the survey of the public on this idea, we want to make sure we understand what that means. So most of the ideas were pretty clear and we knew what the intention was. This was one that, as we've been working on some of our outreach activities, we kind of felt like, oh, we're not really comfortable that we know what is meant. So does anybody either want to own up to, what, to offering that up, or did anybody spend some dots on that and wants to explain what, why they spent dots and what they thought that meant? Can, so you can read the establishing a recreation authority? So, so our, part of our confusion is the state of Michigan has a rec, uh, a law associated with recreation authorities, and typically what that would be is like for instance, Midland City and Midland County join forces to offer a recreational amenity, whether it's a park system or a pool or, or something else. Um, So there's actually a defined law with some taxing mechanisms and things where you can create an authority, but also I think just uh, sort of uh, common parlance, you might describe a recreation authority as just an authority that provides sports activities. So so we're not clear if the intention is that we should have some sort of organized sports activity league. You know, I know in Midland many of the sports programs are offered by different dispersed entities, or if the intention was that there be some sort of combined effort amongst. Jurisdictions to tax for the purpose of providing recreational activities. So, um, I guess I would ask if anybody has thoughts on that. Um, if everyone's going to continue looking at me blankly, I'm going to ask is this really a priority? Oh, I'll Should we be to taking it, it off? It the was list? me. I was the one okay. who submitted yeah, it. <laughs> it, yeah. it, right. was the, it
2: was the technical definition of a recreational authority, of seeing if there were any opportunities with um, knowing how big of a deal recreation is in Midland, as you indicated kind of informally. If there are opportunities to collaborate with the county or even others um, to do things to do things even more things that we aren't doing right now if that makes sense if there are opportunities there that could be unlocked um, uh, uh, that aren't able to be unlocked right now if that makes
3: sense okay is that consistent with anyone else's understanding of that who may have
2: I know I prioritized
3: spent
5: it? some dots on that as yeah. well and um, as well as like the the sports side of things, I was also under the impression that that would encompass things like um, citywide like fun events. Um, I know like the Midland Area Community Foundation puts on River Days, and it's like it would be nice to maybe have some city support or uh, local support on things like that, even as small as things like block parties. Um, Anything in between.
3: Given that, would there be any objection if we reframe, so we're, as we're moving into the public phase of, of testing these priorities, uh, we wanna make sure that these priorities are, are framed and phrased in a way that um, an average person will understand so that there's not, we don't have one group voting for it because they think it means X, one group voting for it because they think it means Y, and maybe another group not voting for it because they <laughs> misunderstand it or, or just don't understand it. Um, and so if we were to perhaps expand that a bit to encompass collaboration with other entities, expansion of opportunities, and possibly including a, rec- a formal recreation authority, would everyone be comfortable if we did that? I don't wanna I don't wanna twist your priorities this late in the game too dramatically. We've done a little wordsmithing as we've moved forward just to make sure that there's not too much planning jargon going out to the public. Yeah. Um,
2: I mean I want it to be as to certainly I want it to be as open ended as possible to partly to understand what people think a recreation authority might be. I mean the most specific example I can give is what we're seeing right now with Plymouth Pool is that it's it's a it's a community cornerstone and it's failing for lack of a better term. Um, And um, I mean, someone's gonna gonna step up and obviously pay for that and repair for that if we still want that to be an amenity for the community. So that's a specific instance of a very acute instance where something like I think a recreational authority could help if it was in place. But an example of again, things like a public pool like Plymouth, what are other things like that that could also be potentially funded by a community or a recreation authority that we just don't have it right now. So that's very helpful <clears throat> okay it's just one of those things where when I looked at it it was it's great that we have all of the philanthropic involvement that we do but you've got the Greater Midland Community Center going up you've got Plymouth pool that needs to be redone I mean even like the pools of the high schools are things that are an issue you've got lots of disparate groups that are doing lots of different things and there could be an opportunity whether it's the government entities or even the nonprofits to potentially collaborate more and I think a lot more the could be yeah, done yeah. if the efforts were yeah. not even. Co- I mean, combined to be ideal, but yeah. even just coordinated, concentrated, <laughs> coordinated. <yeah. laughs> just talking to each other. I'm, maybe I'm making an assumption that's incorrect, but that's really where a lot of that was coming from. If
3: that's helpful. Awesome. That is extremely helpful. I think that will give the community more to uh, respond to okay. than what we were initially going to offer. So, um, all right. Just two more items: the um, capital improvement plan. Um, You typically would see that in January, and I just wanted to let you know we um, uh, re-adjusted the schedule for that process, and so the Capital Improvement Plan is drafted. Um, It's under final review internally by staff. Um, One of the reasons why we adjusted the schedule is that unlike past years, this Capital Improvement Plan is comprehensive, so it includes every aspect of the city's capital infrastructure not just roads, stormwater, uh, water and wastewater. Um, so we've got the airport, the center city and downtown development authorities. Fire department. Uh, the fire department, the police department, uh, information services, although they didn't have anything uh, in the six year plan at this time. Um, MCTV, um, if they're out there they can blink the lights. Uh, <laughs> Senior housing, uh, Try to get some new cameras in here, uh, we hope, um, and some new equipment downstairs. So. Um, Long story short, it's going to be a much more comprehensive plan, which I think will give um, the community a much better uh, appreciation for the level of investment that's programmed for the next six-year period. Um, And we can talk a little bit about some of those um, projects uh, in February. So that will be coming forward to you February 14th um, to be introduced and February 28th for public hearing. And then we'll ultimately go with your recommendation uh, to City Council on March the 13th. Last item is just circling back to Midland City Modern. Um, we've had a very busy couple months. Um, I have been negligent in providing you with a formal update. Every time I open it, I get overwhelmed because we've, <laughs> we're both planning to do so much and so we're very busy. And then also just looking backwards, we've done so much. Um, we've had a really great experience partnering with Midland Public Schools over the last month. Uh, Ryan and I were in Midland High back in December meeting with students. I think we met with about 80 to 100 students in one day, um, doing focus groups uh, type activities with them about future goals in the community. We've met with students at Northeast Middle School. Um, Students at Jefferson Middle School are actually gonna, we met with them to do some goal um, discussion and they're gonna do their own outreach within the school um, this spring. So we're very excited about that. We've got outreach that's gonna be rolling out, um, before I get ahead of myself, will be at Dow High uh, Thursday this week and, well, we'll be here this week and next week um, with probably, I think, another 100 or so students. And then we've got elementary age outreach that's gonna be rolling out um, between now and spring break. So we anticipate that many, um, this should be at every elementary school in Midland uh, public schools, and potentially at every grade level. Wow. So we're super excited about that, Um, getting a lot of really just interesting feedback from, from young people, a big part of our population.
1: I mean, yes, yeah, so
3: so. we were. Midland High is actually where we, the first school that, that we school. were at, um, just b- the virtue of how the scheduling went, and we met with their leadership, um, basically their student council, and then their leadership programs, and then an additional sociology class. Um, and got some great. We, as a, a part of that feedback, we've actually already had internal meetings to respond to some of the things we heard that were really um, actionable things that the city could begin addressing prior to adoption of a master plan. So we had some feedback on our drug abuse prevention programs. Um, that was really interesting um, that we met with the police department and they're following up on. And then we had some um, feedback on events and programming for young people. Primarily, um, some of that primarily focused on the library system. Mm-hmm. And so we had a meeting with library staff to debrief on that. And um, and they're working on um, some programming from that. So um, that's been really, really successful. Um, We have our next pop-up event uh, a week from Friday, January 20th at uh, Senior Services Trailside. That's going to be at noon. It's part of their Lunchtime Learner Series. Those are open to anyone in the public, not just seniors. And so we're excited to get out there on the northwest side of town um, in, a, in a great venue. If you haven't been to you know, the senior services uh, facility, Ryan and I got an amazing tour, uh, like what an incredible facility. Um, so we're gonna be there for that. And then we are planning our first um, open house slash workshop event. So this will be like our pop-up studios, but bit bigger. Um, and that's gonna be a Greater Midland Community Center on February the 2nd. Okay. Uh, and that's gonna start late afternoon and run through the evening. Uh, we're gonna be right in the lobby of the, the existing community center building. And so that'll be uh, a great chance for us to build on um, our outreach on, on your goal priorities and, and to see where the community's in alignment. We're also working on the first round of ECD Hall surveys, I'm hoping to get those out yet yeah, this month. And um, the staff at the library have been incredible uh, we reached out to them to get, uh, see if they would help us come up with ideas for our meeting in a box, so the ability for folks outside um, of our normal structured meetings to provide feedback. And um, they were very excited about it and volunteered to kind of take the lead on that. And so we've got a really cool theme um, going that they've developed that's going to test the priorities you set um, with the public and give them a fun way to do it and we're also hoping that that'll be out yet this month. So just keep your eyes open. A lot of good news on Midland City Modern. I'm gonna just jump into items for next agenda, if that's all right.
2: Mm -hmm. I did have just one last question. Um, Just again, I wanna belabor it, just a quick readout on City Council last night, because I believe both both the items, I think are gonna come, at least one of them is gonna come back to us again, correct?
3: Yes, so um, the first item, so there were six, planning items on the agenda last night for public hearing, counting correctly, two, three were heard and, and approved, three were postponed or they adjourned the meeting to another meeting at <laughs> 6 o'clock on January the 23rd. So those items will come back up. So that was the Center City overlay um, text and zoning petition and the zoning petition for the Waldo-Wheeler area. Those items were essentially continued um, for conversation. Um, Settled last night were the zoning petition for 2025 North Jefferson, which was an annex parcel owned by Cobblestone commercial. That zoning petition won't come back to you, but we do expect we will have a site plan associated with that property coming forward in the near term. Um, CUP 81, which was for Andy's place, was approved, um, that TUP won't be coming back to Planning Commission. And then the concept plan for the East Lawn site, 115 East Lawn, was approved. Um, We had a great run-through tonight on how detail plan works, so essentially when that comes back to Planning Commission, that will be to confirm that the detail plan is consistent with that approved concept plan, and then essentially a site plan review um, from there. So um, hopefully... uh, less contentious. We'll have many of those items that were contentious settled. Um, Council's action did direct the applicant last night to address the transition between the development and the properties to the north um, through landscape screening or fencing. And so I expect the applicant will be working on a proposal for that, that the planning commission will have an opportunity to weigh in on.
4: Now, will that be done in the context of the detailed plan or is that a separate, uh, because as, as I recall, uh, they approve the concept plan with an amendment to, uh, you know, look at additional screening or walling or or things like that. Is, is that going to
1: be
4: rolled into a detail plan or is that a separate activity between the concept and...
3: No, it's essentially just a contingency of approval. So there were contingencies just okay. like any other... Um, approval with contingencies, so that contingency will be need to be reviewed as part of the detail plan process okay. to make so sure it's that it's that been that it's been satisfied. But um, the other considerations in terms of any adjustments to base code requirements yeah. associated have been approved as part of that concept plan approval. So the detail plan approval is basically just confirmation that it's consistent with the concept, and then it's a typical site plan review process otherwise. Um, the applicant does have, under our PUD ordinance, um, the detailed plan has to be submitted within two years of concept plan approval, mm-hmm. so we'll have through January of 2025 for that detailed plan to um, be submitted. Um, I do expect that it will probably happen in the next um, 6 to 12 months. Well, just
4: to clarify, the, the way I, you know, when I went through and listened to the meeting, it was kind of like it was almost they agreed to, you know, they charged the developer to do something more than just the what would normally be in a check-the-box criteria. Did I misunderstand that or not? They did. Yeah.
3: But that's not... Um i mean, i guess i'm not understanding well i mean how
4: how do we review that in a detailed plan because it's not a check the box criteria right sure yeah. or is that just is it consistent with the concept plan and the concept plan was amended to include that
3: yeah i mean i, I think frankly um, based on my conversations around the project i there's a lot of different ideas about what an appropriate buffer will be um and i think there were a lot of different ideas introduced last right. night um and so i'm not sure exactly what that will look like i think we'll be looking to the applicant generally under a pud you're you're going to see higher quality um, with things like that like mm-hmm. landscaping and so i would expect it'll probably be larger species at time of planting um, probably some high quality fencing um, combined with that and then and then you know the use of other plantings to supplement to provide um, an opaque and yeah. noise light visual barrier Um, But in
4: any event, it goes back to the City Council so they can determine whether it's consistent with what they meant anyway,
3: right? Sure. And they could institute another contingency if they felt like it wasn't sufficient and they wanted something swapped for something else. They could do that as part of a detailed plan approval, just as they could with a, a conditional use permit approval.
4: Okay. Thank you.
2: But that is not in our meeting for next agenda, correct?
3: No, no. <laughs> I would assume, given uh, the level of detail that's required for engineering uh, plan, uh, that we will not see that um, probably for at least three months. But we haven't—I haven't talked to the applicant since last night, or rather, since this morning <laughs> uh, when we uh, left the chamber. Um, and so, um, I'm not sure ex- there, it, it, as of the last time we discussed uh, a time frame. They were thinking near term, probably within this calendar year, um, but obviously a lot can change as they're working through financing, um, looking at construction costs and trying to time those those things out correctly um, as best as they can. And then obviously just planned preparation is going to take some time.
2: So what is on the agenda for next week? So next
3: next week, Uh, in addition to your special meeting uh, at 6 o'clock on the 24th, you will have the uh, tentative preliminary plat that was postponed this evening uh, following the public hearing. Uh, You'll be able to take action on that. We will have a presentation by Smith Group on the sustainability and resiliency plan. So you'll recall that we were selected as part of a pilot program um, offered through MEDC, uh, the city of Marquette, in the city of Midland were the two communities selected in Michigan to participate. This has been a really cool process. Um, Brian has taken the lead on this, and so um, Smith Group has a lot of great feedback to share with you all that we're hoping that we'll ultimately be able to integrate into the master plan. So that presentation will be on the agenda, and then we do have a um, petition to vacate East Pine Street, which is a, I'm struggling how to describe it. It's not a paper street because there's development in it, but it's not developed as a street. It's kind of a city parking lot for Grove Park and Midtown, um, but it's essentially a stub of a right-of-way that runs from east, um, from Ashman Street east towards Rod, but just basically one lot depth. Um, the remainder of that um, right-of-way was vacated back in the 1960s. And um, for whatever reason, this, this little stub was not. And so um, that petition actually comes from um, uh, Commissioner Broderick and her husband, who are the adjacent <laughs> property owners. So I only raise that not to, not to embarrass uh, Commissioner Broderick, but to just reiterate the importance of everyone's attendance on the 24th, because on that item, she will, be, um, will likely need to recuse herself. I expect she'll be um, abstaining from participation. And so we will need at least five other folks here in order to review that, but um, that's it. So no public hearings uh, next meeting. Um,
6: But lots of good discussion regardless. Lots
3: of great things to talk about.
6: Okay, Greg. Yeah, you talked about the Smith Group and looking at resiliency and input on that, and you said a lot of good things coming out of that. Uh, Are we going, and kind of tying into what we had, our um, open uh, public session where John spoke to us, about ordinances and that, are we gonna be looking at the uh, ordinances with this resiliency input and other things within the master planning? Uh, because I've brought up a number of times as well, when we've had certain developments, I feel like our hands are tied based on uh, current regulations, ordinances and things like that that we have that we don't really have a choice, but to approve certain things are we gonna look at uh, those types of requirements uh, for developments, you know, especially in in wetlands and near wetlands and that sort of thing. I do think we need to make some changes, but it's difficult to do that when we have that set as the set that we have to take a look at uh, in order to provide approval or not approval.
3: Sure, so so to set back, so first, The master plan process includes a zoning audit and so part of um, actually um, I'm gonna I don't know the date off the top of my head but one of our next upcoming special meetings after the 24th will be um, to start that zoning audit process a lot of the issues you've described are not in the zoning ordinance and so they're not technically within the direct purview in terms of an ordinance um, of the Planning Commission but the City Council did um, already request a review of the stormwater ordinance and that's underway, and I made a note tonight to check in with engineering and see what the status and timeframe of that is. Um, but that's something that they're going to be handling. Um, though I do want to also contextualize, though, that you know you talk about projects that we that have to be approved. You know, state law compels approval of a site plan if it meets the criteria of the ordinance, and so that's not going to change because that's state law. And so the ability to you know have discretionary authority to reject a plan um is not that's not possible in most cases we're still going to be looking at the the standards that exist on the books are the standards that exist on the books um one of the things that i know there's been a lot of conversation around is um, you know infrastructure can't be designed to prevent every possible negative outcome it's not financially responsible to do that it's not in most cases possible to do that I know Mr. Ellison referenced um, that a lot of the work happening today is happening in response to not the last flood event, but two flood events ago, and that's really because the last flood event was very much a one-time event because of the dam failure, and we're not expecting another dam failure. And so the 2017 event is a much better uh, storm to work from in terms of that experience because that's a natural flood event that we're more likely to experience again in the future um i did want to offer i know that we are heavy on special meetings this year but if there's interest in the planning commission and having um a presentation on what is happening in terms of infrastructure improvement because there is a significant amount of city money being spent on infrastructure improvements around sanitary and storm sewer in the city um, you're going to see some of that in the capital improvement plan presentation but we're not going to i won't have the level of the engineering uh, Skill to explain, or any engineering skill to explain the why. Um, if that's of interest to the group, I would suggest that that would be an interesting special meeting topic. Um, but I would leave that to you all to decide if you are willing to prioritize that now, or if you'd prefer to wait until we're um, past some of the Midland City Modern work. So,
4: well, just one comment on our hands being tied because of state regulations. I, w- you know, we. Uh, Last I heard, uh, Diane Brown-Wilhelm was kind of a liaison to the state government, and so I wouldn't view it as beyond our purview to just point out areas that where maybe the a state regulation is causing us trouble and uh, address it not as a change we make but as an advocacy opportunity.
3: You could, I think the likelihood that the state will adopt a planning act that allows unlimited (coughs) discretion on site plan matters is very low.
4: Um, Well, we've heard that uh, some of the floodplain maps are being redone. I mean, you know, it's one of those things you just gotta drip pressure on it and eventually something bad'll happen and it'll get (laughs) I mean, that's the way things kind of work. Sure.
3: I mean, it's, uh, frankly, some of those matters can couple both ways because floodplain map updating can have a yeah. lot of effect on existing property owners who then have to get flood yeah. insurance, and so those—that's yeah. a balancing act. I'm not sure. There, there are pluses and minuses to those map amendments that that um, we have to keep in mind when advocating yeah. for or against them. Well, i don't think we're going
2: to solve it tonight i so. don't think so <laughs> i
3: mean i would love
6: to be here until 12 yeah. again uh we could go get breakfast but uh yeah i was only trying to point out that we need to look at what we can it's under our purview and uh, take a look at those types of things absolutely i think we should come
2: back together as a group after the cip and depending on what we do see from engineering see if it's worth as a group yeah. taking into it more mm-hmm. um, from there i'm looking for a final motion I move that we adjourn. I second. I have a motion for Commissioner Mayville and a second for Commissioner Bain to adjourn. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. We are adjourned.